Over the course of nine years, my father, Stephen, son of Robert and Lillian, memorized over 90 quotes that he recites daily. In each podcast, a quote is randomly picked out of a hat and then discussed. Many of the quotes relate in one way or the other to the dreams course that Stephen is currently teaching. Hello, welcome back to the Dreams Course podcast. I'm your host, Michael. I am the son of Judith and Stephen. And I am Stephen, and I am the son of Lillian and Bob. And then just silence. Yeah, no need to to, to chatter. Uh, I don't think so, do you? Do you think you need it? Not on this dimension. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, and I'm and I would say the same on this dimension. So, let me reach into the hat. What we got here. Um, oh, man. I think I know what to do. Okay, this is about archetypes. Carl Jung's archetypes, which a lot of people get a little confused about. And I don't blame them. It's a little hard to understand but I'll do the best I can. So this is the quote of what are archetypes. They're universal. They're inborn models of people, behaviors, or personalities that play a role in influencing human behavior. They were introduced by the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung, who suggested that these archetypes were archaic forms of innate human knowledge passed down from our ancestors. Wow. Does that make sense to you? What what that was, what what do you make of that when I, when you read that off? What are archetypes when you hear that? Aren't archetypes like, that there's like five types, there's like five people out there in the world who all kind of look the same and they're walking around and they're, you're like, I've seen that person before and that's an archetype. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm well, you're just making it up. But you know, the the first thing you said actually was true. It's it's basically saying that from generation to generation, experiences of the human race are carried along with you. They exist in uh, the, our history is in our psychic makeup. You know, we carry with us learning experience, which become particular archetypes, like animus and anima. Yeah, the animus being the male part of your, of the self and the anima being the female part of the self. But that everyone has both anima and animus within them. What do you believe should be the ratio, percentage-wise, of an anim- strong anima versus animus, you know, so in a female, how much should be anima, how much should be animus? That's a really great question. I think it's got to be, dom- like if you're a female, your ana- anima, your nurturing self, your your grounded female being and all that that brings should be at least 60%, and I think the male component should be 40 Do you know, I'll tell you something. If a man has no anima, he has no ability to relate to women. None. And if a woman has a weak animus, then what she tends to do 
is to search out the animus in a mate, to, to, to be that strong animus for her. But the reality is if your anima, animus or anima is out of balance, um, you, you're, you're probably in relationships that don't work. But I'll tell you, the how's, someone said, well, how does this translate? Like for the male, his anima, his female side, translates in his ability for humor, his ability for creativity. It's his feeling side. And for the female, I really uh, get the animus is really the doer and the protector. And the way it translates is, show me a, a, a person, a female with a strong animus, and I'll show you a woman with a lot of inner confidence. And what's really interesting is that women get so desperate to find an anima in a man that they often find men that have too much anima and not enough animus. You know, they're the kind of guys that will listen to the poetry and strum the guitar and make you weep, but they don't know how to get a job. What are you talking about? But that that's coming from the female's desire, though, to have an anima counterpart with her. So she she overshoots it because she so often doesn't get that from males. So what are some more of the archetypes? The shadow. Okay, so what's the shadow? The shadow is everything you don't want to be. It's a part of the unconscious personality that contains characteristics and weaknesses that the oneself doesn't want to acknowledge as their own. And it's very dangerous when uh, you ignore the shadow and don't know what the shadow is in you because everyone, every one of us, every one of us is carrying shadow. The shadow, when it takes over anything, automatically becomes destructive. So you have to recognize the shadow within you and keep it caged. Is there a healthy relationship to the shadow where you sort of, can it be a teacher? Can it be something that you engage with, but without having it be sort of dominant in your life? I think you could have a relationship with it. Um, you certainly should be able to recognize it what's in, when it's in your consciousness, and you can certainly speak to it in that sense. You can recognize, you can give the shadow a name, and when some, some lesser some part of you, unattractive, shows up, you can say, oh, there you are, uh, you know, Stan, Stan Shadow, there you are. Oh, there I see. Well, you know what, Stan, I, I choose not to follow you. Um, the other uh, archetype is the self, which is the union the, the, it's represented in dreams and in myth by the circle, sometimes by the number four in dreams. And it's the unity. It's the dark and light, hot and cold. It's, they're all one of the same thing. They're not separate. And the self is the place we're trying to get to. It's where we probably started when we were born. And then we got fragmented by being in, put into the human experience and now those who are choosing individuation are trying to make their way back to that original self of unity. That's what the Course is trying to do. 
And individuation is very simple. It's your very unique path back to the self, where the self is the dominant voice in your head. And when you live that life, you've, you've arrived. You know, it's enlightenment in some way. There also is a term called synchronicity. It's when one event that's not directly causal uh, shows up at the same time as another event. For example, if I haven't seen a friend in 20 years and I dream of him and I get up and that day I get a call from him, that was synchronicity. So I'm kind of glad this came up uh, in a way because I don't want people to get, you know, kind of, oh, what is an archetype? I'm confused. It's just something that later on Joseph Campbell, the great man of myth, discovered and confirmed Jungian's idea of archetypes because he found in different cultures the myths of those cultures were very similar, even though none of those cultures had, had had been connected to them. They had no knowledge of them. So, for example, the idea of the Virgin Mary shows up in multiple cultures. And I think, it, for one, was uh, Egyptian and others. So that, that notion of the Virgin uh, Mother is there, the wise man, the wise older man, which in the movies, like in... Um, Star Wars, Yoda. Yoda's the, Yoda's the wise, wise man. That's the wise person of the tribe. And, uh, you know, and it goes on and on in that. So the myths that Joseph Campbell studied confirmed that we have similar archetypes no matter where we are living or how we've been raised or what culture we're in that indicate that the human experience is connected by all of us. It's, it's kind of comforting to know that everybody has an animus and an anima and everyone has a shadow and everyone has an individuation part and everyone has a self, which is the, the key one because that's where you want to get to. In every hero's journey, the, the hero always, always turns down the first offer to take the journey. You know, they're not, people aren't screaming to be individuated because when you true to be, when you go on the own path, you're going to be lonely. You're going to have a lot of people that don't connect with you. Are you going to be willing to keep following your inner path? Or are you going to are you going to say, I'm getting off, you know, I'm getting off the train. I can't do it. I mean, that becomes, uh, you know, that becomes the mark of what your life will be. All of these archetypes exist within you. And they show up in dreams. I mean, a lot of the work I do with the... The dreamers is, you know, the female animus, the male figure will show up in her dreams. Usually a shadow is always the same sex as you and usually around the same age. Um, and so that works that way. But one thing I want to say about the anima animus, if you grow, your animus also evolves with you. It doesn't stay. It has stages, four stages each of the animus and the anima go through, starting with kind of basic kind of instinctual sexual energy to romantic to kind of intellectual to wisdom uh, represented in males by, let's say, Yoda 
or or <laughs> I, I mean, come I, on you got you, it is funny that it's yoda i mean it's like you know that's the highest uh, level uh, we can <laughs> achieve is uh yoda's was inside of me this whole time a lot of people get stuck in one level of the archetype of the anima or animus and there they stay and they don't when they don't grow in an inner way their animus stays the same so like a male if he's stuck in the sexual part won't be able to develop a real interpersonal relationship because he's stuck in just seeing women as a sexual object. But if he evolves his own inner self, that sexual energy will be there, but it will be more evolved. It will be more connected to the spirit of the woman and not necessarily only to the body of the woman. I used to always say to my male students would have sex with a fire hydrant if it put a dress on it. Uh, you know, men are indiscriminate generally, a lot of them. But if you get past that, if you think about it for a second, if you start connecting with the inner life view of that person and she is aware of her inner life, if you become evolved that way and then you add to that romance and, and sex to it, it's becoming, you know, it's like uh, it's sex but sacred. All right, let me ask you one last question. Why aren't archetypes taught in school to kids? I have no idea. I, w I wish it. I wish it were. And you know the the children like of ancient cultures, or just say Native Americans. You know where everything in nature was alive. Mountains and rivers had names, and they were they weren't just out there. They were part of the universal experience so kids were kind of saturated in myth yeah it, it's almost like they took the dream life and uh made it the outer life everything you know i teach dreams that every part of a dream is a part of who you are and it's trying to connect the different parts and if you take, if you treated real life, the outer life as a dream life, everything you meet in the course of a day is communicating. I mean, just imagine if instead of looking at rock, you go rock, and you're very good. You you have a good senses. You've talked about this up in Maine, but how things are so alive to you, like you've talked about trees and things. Well, I just don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lonely path. I said that earlier. Well, that's the that's the <laughs> irony is that being lonely led me to a sort of magical universe because I was like, well, I can talk to this rock and and then feel less lonely. And oh, wait a second, the rock is saying something back to me. Holy! <gasps> Hi, Mr. Tree. Hi, Mr. Tree. How are you today? Holy spamoli. That that's what the industrial revolution did. It it killed myth. It killed the magic of myth. So this has been an interesting sort of introductory conversation about yeah. the archetypes, which, yeah. by the way, would be a great television show coming to Fox this fall. The archetypes. <laughs> um, we've oh, I, we picked I, yeah se <laughs> we picked seven archetypes to live in a in a house together. <laughs> well. It, 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 you know, and film it all. Uh, Sorry, I was going to make a really stupid joke. 
Um, okay, no, so please do. Um, well, I was gonna say instead of the archetype show coming out on Fox, it was gonna come out on Coyote because Coyote is an archetype. Um, such a That's really good. bad, <laughs> super bad joke. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's of course, I don't know what Coyote is. Really? Oh, Coyote, like Native no, American yeah. tr- uh, mythology, who created the world, who walked around and created the world. Coyote. That I would like to hear. Sometimes I wonder if the Joni Mitchell song "Coyote" is referencing the Native American spirit. Uh, that's interesting. Coyote, or if she's just talking about a loner because coyotes are often walking around by themselves at night. Well, why don't I think it would be a really interesting podcast to do? Is you'd read up a little bit about it and come on and tell us what that myth is. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I'd, I'll, I'll, all right. Let's uh, the next the next time I'll I'll. Uh, God, all right, I'm going to save this for the next one, but there's a there's like a personal favorite one of mine. Um, okay, yeah. you're on. All right, all good. See you later. All right, bye-bye. No regrets, Coyote. We just come from such different sets of circumstance. I'm up all night in the studios and you're up early on your ranch. You'll be brushing out a broodmare's tail while the sun is ascending and I'll just be... Getting home with my real trivia There's no comprehending Just how close to the bone and the skin And the eyes and the lips you can get And still feel so alone And still feel related Like stations in some relay The Dreams Course is a one-on-one program Done through phone calls with Stephen Using dream interpretation And reading Herman Hesse's Damien For more information about the Dreams Course Email Stephen at seasmoke at optonline.net. S-E-A-S-M-O-K-E at O-P-T-O-N-L-I-N-E dot net. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and come back for the next episode. We have many, many more quotes to get to. Thank you.